I'm Alexandra Legui. This is Mindset Unfiltered. My very special guest on Mindset Unfiltered this week is an absolute legend. He is a British racing driver who lives in Guernsey with his wonderful wife Jo and super talented kids Seb and Danielle. With a professional racing career that has spanned almost 25 years, he's a European Touring Car Championship champion, three times World Touring Car Championship champion, the only FIA Touring Car champion to win an international level championship for four consecutive years, and if that wasn't enough, he holds an MBE. Andy races in the World Endurance Championship for Ford Chip Ganassi Team UK and the World Touring Car Cup for Lincoln Co. Andy chats about what it is that makes him a multi-time champion level driver, his mindset on and off track, his positivity, mental health and also touches on the gremlins that have crept into his brain over the years and how he's overcome bouts of depression. Andy is a really good human and someone I consider to be a very good pal now, having had some wonderful chats over the years. But I have to say, this chat potentially tops them all. It's picking up a little bit of uh, background noise here, but we are at Suzuka Circuit and so um, Super Formula are on behind us, so it just yep. makes it authentic, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's all good. It's, we're at a racetrack and there's lots going on yeah. and uh, it's nice. I love racing in Japan. So it's such a respectful country and the fans are just the best fans in the world. Yeah, they really are. They're, so, they? They, they're just so nice. They've got so much knowledge mm. and there's some great racing. I mean, watching the Nippon here. Uh, super formula and I mean it's tremendous racing yeah yeah it truly is it's awesome when you go back to the very very beginning of Andy Prio racing land did you know that you were going to make a career of it not really not from the beginning but there's obviously I I really wanted to Mm. and um, there was some sort of weird like weird belief but based on nothing so you know if I look back on it I was think I was really unrealistic to believe and that it was possible because I hadn't have any money. Um, I didn't really have any experience, um, but I was prepared to make a huge sacrifice, which I did. And, you know, not not leaving home, but selling everything to go racing and living in a caravan at Silverstone. And when I look back, I'd never let my son do that. You know, it was so very unrealistic knowing how the sport is and yeah. how commercially driven it is. But I, I did have some sort of like strange, I don't know, intu- well, I don't know if it's intuition, but it's a belief. Yeah. Maybe I was unrealistic, um, but it kind of enabled me to maybe achieve what I achieved. I wanted to be in Formula One, and I think I aimed very high, and I ended up as a professional manufacturer driver now for 20 plus years. So um, it, it, it was, um, yeah, there was something there inside, but I didn't know if I was quick enough. I didn't know if I had the ability. I thought I did. Um, I didn't have enough money, but I still felt that there was a way to get to the top. And uh, I think it's a lot harder now for the younger drivers coming through because back then you could, you know, if you were able to like, it was about relationships with the teams and Mm. being able to develop the cars and there wasn't quite so much data. It was more about your feedback and the way you worked if you're professional, whereas now it's so, so, so cutthroat, it's so, so commercial such a small small window to find your performance that is making it even more difficult now and it feels like nowadays i mean 40 percent of the job is done behind the wheel and the rest of it you've got 
so much other stuff that you have to do over yeah. a race weekend, haven't you? Like, you how have. much does that affect you as a driver? Because you must have There's, noticed yeah. the difference from when you started to now about yeah. how much of the I other. You got to like have concentration now in and out of the car. Mm. You can't just like blag it. You know, you've got to be. You can't just rely to on race day to feel the car and hopefully you're quick and you're in a good mindset and you got out of the bed the right side. It's mm. so much about preparing the details. Um, BOP. You know, this is something that we don't have in world touring cars so much. We do, but in in GT racing, you do and. Um, the way you work with the team, the setups, the opportunity to get information and use that information better than the next guy. Yeah, it, it is a tough job. Um, mm. It's a full-time job because as well now on top of that, if you're a young driver, you've got all the media, mm. but also you've got the social media and how you bring your, you know, bring your name and how you make, um, make the fans interact with you and stuff. There's so much more to do. What's yeah. your relationship with social media? Um, well, I'm slightly older generation, so I, in a way, I think that you know it's harder for me because maybe a lot of guys my age still haven't got phones, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but there wasn't social media around when I was three-time world champion. No. So um, it, it's, you know what? I'd love to do a test. I'd love my son Seb to just stop doing it mm. and see if he can still make a career because I think it's hugely distracting mm. um, I think that it doesn't make you any faster it, do, it does make you more marketable but I'm old school I think you should let your driving do the talking on track and mm. you know that should be enough really you shouldn't have to you know pump yourself up on the media but it's unfortunate now obviously when you're driving for major manufacturers and you know in the sport that it does require to find its area now you know everything's accessible on internet and social media so it's maybe more difficult to um to get your visibility mm. nowadays um, i mean people aren't watching so much live tv they're more streaming on the video and streaming on the laptop and getting the information instantly mm. they don't really need to watch it you know no. so it's more difficult to exist now, I think. What sort of advice do you give Seb? Because you're, you know, to have a son who's, I mean, doing so well as well, coming up through the ranks. How is that relationship? Yeah, it, it's lovely because um, I kind of know how he needs to, where he needs to focus on, and that's great. Mm. At the same time, it's it's tough because I know the sport and how it is, and that can sometimes make me quite hard on him because. Um, I want him to always achieve something. I want him to achieve the things I wasn't able to achieve, yeah. you know, in, and do even better. So I know how hard I've had to work in my career to maintain, you know, an income for my family whilst racing and still winning and mm. staying ahead of the next guy. And there's always someone bigger and better than you and trying to find a new way to perform at a higher level. So um, it's quite hard. Um, but at the same time, you know, for Seb personally, it's quite hard because of who he is. It, it, it's not so easy for him either. So he's had. There's probably a lot of expectations on his shoulders that maybe you didn't have. There is. He's more. Yeah, he's more visible than I was because mm. I, I kind of sneaked up under the radar. Um, you know, people couldn't even pronounce my name when I first arrived in the European touring car. So <laughs> tell me about um, it. Yeah, You've got an X you still on the got, end as well. I know. We're screwed. You're, still, you're doing <laughs> okay, but it's close. It's difficult. <laughs> but um, he, he's. Uh, yeah, he's got. I wouldn't say he's got it easier, but he's definitely had more, more, um, more advantages than me in the beginning of his career. So he's been able to do a lot more. I mean, he's 18. He's raced 100 car races already. Mm. Yeah, he's won 16 races, and you know, at 18, I was still working as a full-time mechanic for my yeah. dad. 
So he's got more opportunity there, but at the same time, it's harder for him on track because people kind of, yeah, they're not, and they're, they're, they don't, I don't know, he has to make a bigger name and do more yeah. to, to get the recognition. And that is he, he is doing at the moment. How have you coped with recognition of yourself over your life? Like, has the like the fame and the fortune of it all? How has that affected your world? Um, it's very, it's very um, slow process. So you know, like winning a world championship in world touring car doesn't change your world overnight. You still wake up Monday morning. Not many people know who you are. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I kind of learned that fame is is transitory anyway because yeah, in racing, everything is all about the last race the last lap you know we've talked about this a lot but yeah you, you know one minute you're here and next minute you're a zero it's a moving target but you know when I look back at you know those world titles those European titles um and my career they were all career defining mm. but they weren't it wasn't instant recognition um all I ever wanted was recognition in my sport you know and, and I was able to achieve that I've driven for, for a major, lots of major manufacturers and always been paid for 21 years to go racing, so I'm very proud of that. But I'm going through a different cycle now, whereas, you know, the longest part of my career is behind me, I know that, and there's maybe a few years left. Um, and that's not so easy for a driver who has has always been fighting for wins and fighting for, for the very best. Mm. Um, but it's still possible to um, to enjoy and find your way to work. You know, bring a lot of experience to the teams, um, still able to win races um, and uh, yeah but at the same time I have to look at the next part for me the next chapter which doesn't necessarily have to be said because that's not so healthy you know yeah. I want him to do his own thing and be his own man because that's, yeah. that's a lot you know I was banned from the garage with Multimatic for the first six six races um, not because I was a difficult dad just because they wanted him to find his feet you think yeah I know <laughs> yeah I don't want I'm Larry my boss uh, Larry Holt he's a lovely lovely guy um, head of Multimatic which is a huge company in engineering uh, in motor racing and uh, he's like no hockey we don't allow any hockey dads yeah so I'm a hockey dad apparently yeah yeah but I went from not being able to go in the garage to being able to go in the garage to actually end up racing with Seb in one yeah, race of course um, we raced together and that was amazing so I, well, I can't be that bad they let me stay in and uh, yeah and then we were at Atlanta last week and Seb won the, 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 the Petit Le Mans race there in the uh, Michelin Cup race which was brilliant so yeah, anyway, yeah I'm sounding like a baby born now so I should stop talking about it it's funny though how um like in other industries perhaps if you were to be a world champion in it then it would kind of keep you running for years and years and years and you'd stay at that level in motorsport like you say it's about the last race or mm. the last season isn't it and the it speed is, yeah. that fans will like switch oh you've done we're yeah. on to the next one yeah. now it's yeah. so gladiatorial in that it respect is, yeah. isn't it and it must be so hard like mentally like uh, like this year's been really really difficult for you does that bring in self-doubt or any no, gremlins like that? How not really self-doubt. Um, I think that's something as a, you know, if you want, want to achieve something in life, you, you have to be very confident, but not arrogant, but confident is a fine line. I know I can do it, but I'm not surprised now. I, don't, I used to get surprised how quickly things turn. Mm. You know, I've seen it so much in race teams, you know, when you're winning they're with you when you're not winning they're not with yeah. you um, unfortunately that is life um, but I'm a little bit more old school um, I don't know if it's old fashioned or what but um, 
yeah, I, I feel that the millennium is much more transitory mm-hmm. and, um, and that's quite sad because I, when I come here and see the Japanese fans you know there's a queue for me in autograph session mm-hmm. and they're asking me to sign race ovals from my BTCC campaign in 2001 and uh, you know every car I've ever driven they brought to me this weekend so they're hugely loyal um, obviously there are younger fans that probably don't even remember me winning 10 years ago mm. Um, but I have been racing constantly, so I do have an amazing amount of support as well, um, which it, which is really nice. But you have to do it for yourself, you know, and uh, you have to realise that externally things will change. Um, but you have to come within yourself and try to uh, find the best way to perform. And I guess with the age and experience comes a, t- a different outlook on the future of the career as well isn't it because mm. it's like Seb is at his the beginning the prime and has all of these goals yep. in his mind that I guess changes yep as you get as old as you I know I know we're it's not terrible um it's it does um I think I probably had in the last three years in WEC my best mm. period ever you have won races and I've so much experience to help the team. They've lent on me heavily. It's always been right. But I've come into World Touring Cars after 10 years away. Yeah. It's, I didn't expect to come in and dominate. I got, far much, I got a lot of respect from my competitors. You know, I know how good they are. So I didn't expect... It would be very unrealistic for me to turn up and win straight away. It mm. takes time. But for sure, next year will be better than this year. Mm. And maybe the year after will be better than that. And uh, Tarquini was world champion at 50. Yeah. You know, I'm only 45. So, um, yeah, there's still some time. But it comes down to whether the team are able to support you, whether they've got the patience to let you develop, uh, you know, and transition into the new way of driving. Mm. You know, because front-wheel drive is, is like putting your feet on back to front for me. Mm. It's, it does everything so different. But I'm starting to feel much more natural with it. This weekend I was fighting for pole. Um, and uh, yeah I mean I had strong races this year but I've had to help my team obviously to give them more points so Mm. uh, it's been quite difficult for me in that way you touched on um, the fact that you felt like you had confidence without arrogance there seems to be such a fine line that some drivers manage to to juggle that correctly and some Mm. others don't and and that seems to make quite a big difference I mean, you even see it down this paddock. I'm not. We don't want to n- mention any names, but yeah. um, do you think that that's a winning mindset? This ability to control—it's like controlling the ego, almost, isn't it? Because I suppose yeah. if you're overconfident, that's when people sort of start to make silly mistakes, maybe. Is, yeah. Because they're chasing something too much and not knowing when to mm. pull back. Yeah. I think. Um, everything in life is about control mm. it's about having like 100% aggression with 100% restraint and 100% confidence but with having 100% control um, and being able to have respect um, at the same time push for what you think's right uh, it, it is a mixture of things and um, to be a world champion in any formula or to be a champion whether it's the 
you know, a, a, a club race, you know, Snetterton, to win it is, is really hard. Mm. You know, to win at any level is really hard. So you have to have the respect and um, you have to keep proving yourself all the way through. Um, and I think the sport teaches you how to deal with success and loss and failure. And uh, you just build a, an immunity to it. Um, you have to switch into your process, get the job done. You know, today was a hard day for me, what happened yesterday. Um, but I had to do the same thing again um, because I knew it was right. You can't and spend any time looking behind you, you can't, can you? No. you just have to get on and, with. You know, for sure there's been, <clears throat> you know, some situations that have, have been, you know, quite visible there that, you know, and everybody has their read on it. But I believe in what I do mm. and I'm going to keep doing it in the same way. How um, much um, do you think that you take that mindset out of the race world as well and yep. into your normal life you do yeah you do it, it can be quite annoying for my wife because I'm like oh well let it go it's no, no point fighting that battle you know you just you just look at the bigger picture in a lot of ways and yeah it gives you gives you some um, some inner, inner inner I don't know what the word is but determination control um, you're being able to judge yourself you know I always look at myself and very much very hard on myself as well sometimes you know mm. and I see people around me sometimes that don't look at themselves like you know in in, in the yeah, for instance if you if you work in a big company maybe you you know you're not doing your job well you might not you might you might hear in the when you get your contract review or whatever at six months or 12 months or whatever but in racing it's daily mm. you're getting daily judgment daily judgment minute by minute lap by lap um, and everyone's got their opinion um, so you kind of learn to live in that environment and take the judgment. And at first, you you take it quite badly, and your ego gets a little bit wounded. But in the end, you learn from it. You you learn to control the ego, look for the improvements, and then suddenly you find the performance. You know, and everybody loves you again. And it's it's strange. Yeah, it sort of earths you in a way. Mm. It takes you back to um, being yourself. You know, and that's what I love about driving and racing. And that's what the, one of the hardest things will be for me when I stop is that I spend my whole life trying to be better, you know, trying to do a better job and be a better driver and feel the car better and give better feedback and make better decisions and judgments on track. And, you know, you kind of live with that, mm. you know, every day of your life, really. And then that will just disappear. But then you can focus in other areas. Yeah, you ha almost yeah. have to have something to replace you it do, with. Because yeah. I've heard of, you know, people who've stopped at the top of their game and then they actually get very depressed because they don't have... Definitely. Don't have that it's a big reason, thing. you it's know, a big thing to in keep sport. pushing. Even, I think it's Fury, isn't it? Tyson Fury, who goes through terrible bouts of depression yep. after he finishes... It's very common in the sport, in, yeah. in all sport, and you know I'll be the first to say that I've had really low moments, mm. um, you know, from high moments to low moments, and you know it's it's quite normal to have that and experience that, mm. um, and you learn to deal with it better and better. It's amazing how powerful the mind is. We know. had an amazing, deep and meaningful. I remember once in an airport queue yeah, a few years did. ago, and we were talking about positive mindset. And yeah. I think we were probably talking so about true. the secret or something like that, yeah. weren't we, at the time? Well, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. It's, it's so nice, but, you know, I've, I've had some amazing moments in my career where my mind has been superb, and I've had some amazingly low moments mm. where my mind has dominated me. Um, you know, not in racing necessarily, but outside in, in life generally. And I'll never, ever judge anyone who suffers with depression because we've all been there. And I don't care who says it or not, they're, you know... 
we've all had to deal with hard moments in our lives mm. and uh, yeah, sometimes you, you can get so low that you find it's not even possible to come out but mm. it is yeah. you know and then you look back and you're able to uh, to, to learn from that experience and, and become better and stronger and I think it's all about having the awareness mm. of what's you know what's what's maybe dominating your thoughts and and yeah knowing that sometimes you need to experience bad so that you can experience good um, so true. and these are the things that you just have to ride that wave you know and uh, have the ups and downs and gradually I think as you become a little bit more control of it or you can almost see it before it starts before the downward spiral it's like learning what those red flags are Absolutely. isn't it at the beginning as your brain starts to or the chimp mind starts That's saying it. these things and you're like hang on a minute yeah I just need to rein this back in, you otherwise I'm going to go down quite quickly. You, you do have that inner voice, but it's also something, I don't know if it's in your solar plexus or where it is, but you get that grey feeling that mm-hmm. you know you can feel it in your body, and I think having the awareness to know that that's taking energy and, and taking your vibration the mm-hmm. wrong way. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes you, you almost want to let it happen, um, but you do every day need to wake up and tr- try to get the good vibe mm. um, because that takes you in a good direction mm. and uh, it, and it does without a doubt um, but yeah everybody has ups and downs and um, you know this year's been really challenging for me but I, I will become a better person for it so um, you know ultimately I would say um, you know it, it has been a difficult season but my belief won't go away I know what I can do so uh, I understand the situation, take my respect for my competitors and try and improve for the following year. Seems like a nice place to finish. Andy, thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you.